Thanks for listening to another episode of Other Duties as Assigned. Josh and I had the pleasure of speaking with Zach Horatio and Aaron from Cybersecurity Solutions. They are a Tampa-based company that focuses on providing cybersecurity and IT support for small and medium-sized businesses. They have just opened an office here in Augusta, and soon they will be announcing a lunch and learn to help educate local dentists and doctor's offices and provide a few tips for securing their businesses. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Well, y'all start out by telling me the three things that you think are most important for people to know when they go into listening to this podcast. So I think that they'll be able to get uh, a good understanding on why cybersecurity is important, especially in today's environment where we hear all cyber attacks ranging from small doctors, clinics, all the way to the industrial complex. And um, obviously the military is constantly under attacks, but there, lately, there's been a shift to all those small businesses and smaller communities, right? And it's affecting home. Um, you've got the, some water authorities that are suffering at power plants. So um, I think that they'll be able to get that understanding uh, on why is it important to do it on multiple levels, um, different industries, and how does it affect their lives. Yeah, that, that's a good answer, Horatio. And I think another piece that, that we'd like to kind of discuss today is when he's touching on the small businesses, a lot of small businesses feel like either they're too small for cyber or they can't afford cyber. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to kind of touch base on why it's important, no matter the size of your business, if you have patients' information that you have to protect, um, it, it's a very vital piece. Yeah, and I think I think the 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 cost, and that was a good that was a good catch there. Uh, a lot of people think that cybersecurity is is expensive, and it doesn't have to be. And I think that uh, today we'll touch on some of those points that would show that it, it it's actually affordable. Um, yeah. And um, I always say that it's not a matter of compliance. Um, what we should have uh, and we should be looking for is ensuring the privacy, spe- specifically people that trust you with their private information. So my previous job before this, I worked for a real estate attorney, uh, two real estate attorneys for several years, and my job was I handled all our money, and sometimes that's millions of dollars for homes or commercial properties, and I did all the wiring to different accounts and things like that, and the attorney I worked for was particularly concerned with cybersecurity, so he had cyber insurance, and um, we had all sorts of different protocols we followed, but there were a lot of older attorneys in town and sometimes newer attorneys who didn't have the experience and who had never had a breach or had to worry about $200,000 being taken from your account. Um, a lot of those people weren't concerned at all, and, and they had, you know, they would wire money to the wrong account because someone would, would send a fraudulent email telling you that the wiring instructions had been changed. So um, can you talk a little bit about those challenges? Um, You know, lots of people who haven't had breaches don't understand the importance and they think it's expensive, but they don't realize how much more expensive it is to not have that coverage until it happens to them. And and so I I like one thing you said there. A lot of a lot of the older. Okay rewind so (laughs) a lot of the attorneys and a lot of these businessmen and women that have been around for a long time um weren't using the internet the way that we're using the internet today right so a lot of the patient information that they were storing or that they were holding years and years and years ago um wasn't digital a lot of it was saved there you know paper records on site um so getting getting that generation to understand the importance of protecting it in today's generation is a big yeah. piece. And yeah. Horatio, I'll let you kind of touch on the 
Um, yeah, so so I, I completely agree, and and to to expand on what Sa uh, what Zach was mentioning, um, it, back in '96 when the HIPAA Privacy Act was passed, for example, um, there were a lot of medical organizations and even hospitals that were looking for okay, well now we got to keep these records locked up in a room, and we we have to make sure that the room has key, and then we have to have a log on who goes in and who goes out. Well, these are the same measures that we're saying that you need for your cyber and your electronic medical records. Um, and, and that's what a lot of the things that are not understood um, is this, the doors, those could be translated to firewalls. The logs of who goes in and who goes out, that's having a central authentication piece. So they're, they're the same mechanisms that we're put in place for physical world, we need to have them in the cyber world. And they're hard to understand. And to expand on, on what you mentioned, uh, Kaylee, that um, the cyber insurance piece Th that's that's fantastic uh, you do need the cyber insurance piece <clears throat> but the part that i say that you need more um is actual secured actual protection so that's where i mentioned the difference between the compliance piece so, so uh, an insurance company will pay for the damage that you will that you will gather um so uh, any any fines from the uh, Office of Civil Rights, if you're a medical organization, any fines from the state attorney um, for the data breach laws that apply, um, that's fine. It will pay for that. But who's going to pay for the damage that was done to your client? Who's going to pay yeah. for the damage that was done to their patients? Um, my son got a well, – my son is four years old, and he got a credit card offering um, because his pediatrician was hacked. So we wow. had to go ahead and put <clears throat> freeze his credit. But if I would have not catch that, by the time he was 18, he would have had to deal with all that mess. Um, so I think it's important, and I, the, the privacy. You're trusted with privacy. Um, you shouldn't just look for the financial coverage. You should do what's right for the community. Absolutely. And who protects your reputation? You know, the insurance company can um, help you with financial you know, getting all of that covered, but your reputation is damaged because patients don't trust that, that you're following all the protocols that you need to follow to protect their information. So how do you recover from that? You might get your money back, but um, True. patients might not trust you anymore. <clears throat> yeah, and to piggyback on something uh, Horatio just said, and also knowing when the cyber's necessary, because one mm -hmm. of the things he taught me, uh, we have a veterinarian's office in Warner Robins, and he's on Animal Planet, and I said, well, would a veterinarian need it? Because you're thinking, well, dogs, who cares about their information? But he pointed out, you have all of their owner's information as well, so those yeah. are those secondary hacks that could happen that you don't even think. You just think, I'm taking my dog in, and, you know, they're going to go in, but you don't realize when you give them all that information, that uh, your information's at risk. Wow, you're teaching me because I never thought about a veterinarian's office. So, <laughs> it, nor did I until Horatio told me, and so Absolutely. that opened my mind to every anyone who handles anyone who handles information that's going to be necessary. And to that point, the majority of breaches come via like if you're going to get into a university or a medical system, come via a contractor who has access. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And so, having someone on your side that is aware that. You know these partners that you have these you know people that you're working with could be you know the the breach the breaking point for you absolutely agreed. yeah yep. agreed um when <clears throat> when target had <clears throat> excuse me I, I completely agree um when target got hacked um it wasn't target that got hacked it was a third-party contractor 
the AC company, and then they were able to jump into Target's network. So being able to, uh, to, to protect yourself, and actually Target didn't have a business associate agreement with that vendor, uh, which is Ooh. why they ended up paying the fines uh, instead of that vendor's insurance having to pay Target's fines for it. So um, definitely having a, somebody that understands those and, and is able to guide you, it's, it's essential. So why are you choosing to break into the Augusta market now? You guys are, you know, talking about moving lots of people up here from Tampa, relocating, potentially, you know, you have this office here now. Why Augusta and why now? Is it is it because there's a specific client, a veterinarian's office or a dentist or a doctor that's reached out to you and identified the need or um, what, why? What's the reasoning? So me, I'm, I'm from Augusta originally. Um, graduated high school, Harlem High School. Um, and I did not even know the Georgia Cyber Center was here. Didn't know it was in my backyard. Was in the cyber industry, mostly dealing on the commercial side. Um, was actually always fly out of Atlanta Airport, but I happened to be flying to go pick my son up from his grandma's house out of the Augusta Airport. And as I'm sitting in the terminal, um, I hear it over the loudspeaker. They say, you know, welcome to Augusta, you know, um, home of the masters, James Brown, godfather of soul, and soon to be the cyber capital of the United States. I got the chills. <laughs> and I said 10 years ago, I would never move back to Augusta. And when I heard that, so I called Horatio right away. And I said, do you know what's going on in Augusta with cyber? He said, no, I haven't, you know, really looked into it. So within five minutes, you know, Google's at our fingertips now. So within yeah. five minutes, I'm on Google. I see Army Cyber Commands moving down here. I see this new Georgia Cyber Center is here. Um, and then, you know, I'm starting to look into some of the parameters of what our business does. So I see it's got a very large um, medical university. So, the, so the, um, the, the health, you know, the health and wellness field and, and the, the medical district here is, is, you know, pretty high up the list in the United States. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll let Horatio talk some, too, on this piece. Yeah, so, it's, so basically the, the part that got me um, after he mentioned it to me and I found out um, was the partnership between academia, um, government, and private sector. Uh, I think it's, it's, some really, it's definitely needed, and there's a lot of exciting things that are going to come out of it and definitely want to be, be part of those foundations that were being built. I mean, if you get a chance to go back to start working with Hewlett-Packard and some of the founding Silicon Valley companies. I mean, would you do it? Would you really pass on that opportunity and say no to that? Of course not, you wanna be there. So we definitely wanna be here. Um, and another part is uh, to drive our mission. So uh, we believe in community. So it's great that, that the Army Cyber Command is coming. Uh, and that's fantastic for, for our government side of the, of, the, of the business. But on the commercial side, we wanna do that community. So we, we, our, our, our services are directed to small and medium companies, and we work closely with universities and interns. And that's the key right there, the interns. Mm -hmm. So these students are graduating with upwards of $80,000 in student debt. When a company hires them, I have to spend about twelve to another 17000 on getting them brought up to speed. Um, because, uh, yeah, academia is great, um, but to develop a curriculum takes time. By the time that curriculum is approved and, it start, it, and it's being taught to the students, it's already two, maybe three years old. So how do we breach that? So I think that being in the cyber center, being able to take on those interns and grow, grow them, they go learn the theory in the classroom, and then having a company that's providing them that opportunity to uh, grow and see what the cyber threats are today, actually working on non 
lab environments, actually working with communities. Um, when they go to the doctor, they know that they protected that doctor's office that they're getting care for. So I yeah, think it's, it's awesome. exciting. It's, it's just an exciting area, and the, the whole air of it is amazing here in the Cyber Center. And for anyone listening that haven't been here, just come on and show up. That's for Kaylee. <laughs> Love yeah. to give you a tour. Yeah. <laughs> and to touch on also, uh, piggyback on what Horatio said as well, From even from a parent standpoint, as far as the interns, it's a lot easier to send your child to school if you know there's a path and that they're going to be successful at the end of that path as opposed to, as you say, they're going to incur $80,000 in debt and then that's when you start figuring out how you're going to pay that $80,000 as opposed to, you know, okay, well, I'm going to school, I'm accumulating this debt, but I already know within three years there's a path for me to have that paid off, still live well, and have a career as opposed to just finding a job to pay off your student loan. Absolutely. And I, you know, I did an internship. That's how I ended up at the Cyber Center. I got this job because of an internship that I'd done. Obviously not a technical one. I have no technical experience. So um, sometimes I, you know, I hear things in the hallways and it's uh, like a foreign language to me, but I'm on the other end of the spectrum here. And um, I'll say that as an intern, you learn so much that you can't ever get out of a classroom, Mm -hmm. you know, by someone speaking at you, or even if you're, um, not, if you're, if that's not your learning style, um, just learning leadership and having confidence in your abilities because you're actually tasked with something that you know that you can accomplish. And then at the end of it, you've achieved a goal and you're able to prove yourself to a company and show them why you deserve to be a part of the team in a permanent way. And it's kind of like a trial run, right? You know, mm-hmm. you can, you don't have to commit. They don't have to commit. You can see how it works out for a couple months. And it's just really, it's beneficial to everyone involved. No, definitely, I agree 100. percent And and that's the part that I would say, uh, as a business owner, I'm a little bit selfish because I like that. I want to give you the opportunity, and then I'm gonna be able to handpick the interns that I would say, you know what, you're gonna stay. I, I can't afford to lose you, yeah. um, and I'm gonna bring you into the team. Um, and the ones that I'm not able to do that um, to, they're better off. They just got four years of experience. They're gonna hit the market, and they got it here because they were here at the Georgia Cyber Center. But when they go out out of this area, they're going to be competing with students that just graduated. They don't have experience. So um, they'll be better uh, better prepared to hit the market. Um, and everybody benefits from the city to the, the, the municipalities, the state, and the federal government, too. Um, so we can start vetting those students early and start working on their clearances. A lot of students, they graduate, and they say, well, I want to go work for NSA or Army Cyber when it comes down. And they're going to find out that, oh, you need a TSSCI in order to get this job, a top secret uh, clearance to get this job, or a secret clearance. So how do you get that, right? Um, and and, and t- trying to navigate that. Well, with internships, we're able to hopefully start working them. So when they graduate, now the federal government has a workforce that they can pull talent from, immediately already certified, uh, already cleared, and ready to execute. Um, so I think it's a, there's a lot of benefits. It's, it's just an exciting area. Um, and I, I, again, I say it, it's, it's, it, it's like building, it's, it's, it's like being part of the foundation of Silicon Valley. So, and to touch on what Horatio mentioned as well, even for the interns that we can't at that time bring on as a full-time employee, because not every internship always turns into a full-time job, 
some of the things that we offer that we provide for those interns is we can help them put together a federal resume. So all of us have been in this yeah. space for, for some years now. So mm-hmm. we can give them that guidance and, and kind of groom them for that next opportunity. We're going to do everything we can to get them up to speed and be ready for the industry. Um, but if that landing spot doesn't happen to be CSS, then we can push them on to the next um, opportunity or prepare them for it. Absolutely. And maybe, you know, maybe that student, that intern gets in that position and they decide that's not what they're passionate about, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. they're still a hard worker and you still really enjoyed having them. They're just not a good fit for you. And maybe you can pass them on to one of your neighbors in the building who focuses on something different that maybe they are more passionate about. Absolutely. And and the Georgia Cyber Center is great at that. I mean, this morning we had the the coffee break. So you bring all the, all the, the people here in this building together to kind of collaborate and see. And we had some very interesting talks with some of the partners here this morning alone so that's yeah yeah and and yeah and that is what you touched on is what i was going to touch on the fact that it, you may not like it I'm, I'm a chemical engineer by education i interned with procter and gamble and i learned that summer that that's something i never want to do but that's how you learn mm-hmm. you know and i learned before i graduated so i knew before i graduated okay i'm not going that route i went to school for photography um, <laughs> I, I don't see a camera in your hand yeah, right and, now. Uh, and now, now I work at a cybersecurity center. So yeah, yeah figure Absolutely. that one out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's why I worked at a law firm. I thought I was going to law school, and here I am at the Georgia Cyber Center. Yes. So truly, yeah. do internships, guys. Yes. It really helps. Absolutely. Yes, it does. So as you're breaking into this new market, um, what's your approach when you're coming into Augusta? How are you developing a clientele and um, how are you differentiating yourself from some of the other companies who may be established here? And they might be doing similar things, might be doing totally different things, but how do you set yourself apart? So we, we, we reinvented um, um, the way that we offer cybersecurity to small and medium businesses and the way that it is offered today. Um, The way that it's offered today usually is um, a security scan is conducted um, and there's a company that does that. Um, And then you have to turn that security scan to an IT company and the IT company will look at it and say, okay, well, uh, doctor, you need to purchase all these security tools. Um, So doctor goes and purchases them, brings them over then the IT company is more than happy to install them and configure it, obviously, on an hourly rate. Um, then after it's installed and it's configured, um, they will monitor it uh, for a fee, again. And they would just, if a new requirement for the law comes up, the doctor has to find out about it. Then the doctor has to call his IT guy and say, hey, I have this new requirement. Now, after that, the IT guy will find out what, what it needs to be done. Uh, by this time, the appliances that the doctor bought last year, all all of them need a new license. Um, so now the doctor's having to spend more money on that. Um, and that's the way that we saw this play out. Um, and it works in the government, and it works on large organizations like a hospital where they can afford to have, you know, IT staffs that are certified. Um, but a local dentist is not able to spend, you know, $120,000 on a, on a, an IT guy, just like, uh, the, you know, a big hospital might be able to. So what we did was we integrated everything. Uh, we pretty much hit the market with a solution that gets them compliant in 30 days. Uh, we do the security scan, and then we bring all the tools. If they go with us, the security scan is complementary, and then we bring all the tools that come with that. We don't tell the doctor you have to purchase them, and then you have to pay for licenses it's just a flat fee we cover everything and then we monitor everything um if there's auditors that show up and we've had customers where they were suspected that the leak 
came from that accounting firm. Uh, FBI showed up at their door. We showed up with their lawyer. And after discussing with the FBI, we were able to provide all the logs necessary because we had all the equipment necessary. Other, other accounting firms that were in that area that were suspected of, um, they didn't have the systems that our accountant had. So there were gaps in it. So because there were gaps, those firms were now a suspect. Because we had all the answers that the FBI was looking for, we were completely quickly dismissed. Two years later, it ended up being uh, Intuit. The QuickBook makers got a breach, so the breach came from there. Um, and for some reason, the target was uh, the, the information that was extracted were a lot of Tampa area uh, people, which is why they were going after Tampa CPAs. Um, so we found this out later. Uh, but um, the other firms that didn't have the security tools, they had to deal with that for two years. Ours didn't. So we want to make it easy for that business owner and show them and, that it's affordable. You want to make sure that they have someone on their side. That completely, like, absolutely, completely absolutely. agree. Like, people know to have an accountant on your side. People know to have a lawyer on your side, mm -hmm. an insurance agent, all these sorts of things. And it, from what you've been describing, it's reducing the amount of friction needed for okay. them to get going. Like, because that's always the most daunting piece is to go that zero to one is absolutely terrifying if you're a small mm -hmm. business because... You don't know if it's going to work, mm -hmm. who's going to manage it, who like who do I go to for support, all of those pieces, and kind of being holistic about it mm -hmm. gives them the opportunity, like, oh, somebody's already thought about this. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of the times is we, we go in there and we what, we what we do is we turn their IT budget into a cybersecurity budget. See, IT, IT connects the world uh, and makes things talk. I was network uh, network engineer before uh, before I, I started the company and became in, entered the cybersecurity world. And as a network engineer, all I care about was that when you click send on that email, that it goes into the, ex the exchange server and the email goes out. That's yep. all I cared about. And at times, uh, when it was a general or kernel. Yeah, you remove security. You just make sure that he gets that email out. You put it back afterwards, if you remember. But <laughs> um, but you remove it. That's the first thing that. But that, that's you, you got to get it done. Agreed. Right. Agreed. So that's the cybersecurity piece was always uh, there. Cybersecurity ensures that communications are secured. So um, after being on this side is how do we make that easy? And that's moving that zero to one, like you said, making that transition very easy is what we specialize in. And, and one thing I want to add in there is, you know, with, with Horatio explaining the difference between IT and cyber, um, one thing that we get from a lot of customers is that, you know, we've, had, we've come in to help people that have had ransomware attacks. Um, and the first thing that we've been told is, oh, you know, we just want the scan. You know, our guys are going to fix it. And then we say, you know, we kind of look at them like the same guys that let your network get breached. You want to let them protect, you know, fix this issue. So <laughs> talking with a lot of our customers, um, it's getting them to understand that difference. Just like Horatio explained, cyber and IT, while related, are kind of two different things. So. It sounds like you also give a more honest um and upfront approach and cost 
analysis. Whereas mm-hmm. when, you know, you think that you're getting this product and, and you're, um, this person that you've hired tells you, you know, I'm going to break this down into really simple terms. I know mm-hmm. this isn't the true cost just to mm-hmm. be upfront, but they say, okay, it's going to be a hundred dollars. And then, so you think, okay, I'm budgeting for a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And then a year later it's okay, but it's also going to be an extra hundred dollars to update each of those licensing, yeah. you know, all those <laughs> fees. And then it's going to be an extra hundred dollars if you have a breach for me to do this analysis. And then it's an extra hundred dollars for this. <laughs> and now it's 50,000. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, how did we get here? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And you're saying yeah. the upfront cost is $500. Yeah. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And we include, we, and I want to make sure that it, that it's also known in, and we're talking about differentiators is um, what you just mentioned. So if there's a breach and we have to spend a hundred hours working there, you're not charged by the hour. It was my job to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where we look at a lot of these providers too, and we say, well, what's the incentive? If you if if you pay me by the hour when I come show up, what's my incentive to n- not show up? We give them unlimited access to our help desk. We give them unlimited access to our service desk. We go make unlimited visits if we have to. My job is to keep your network secure, compliant, and running. And if I do those things, you're not going to see me. Um, so you should not you should be scared when I come around. It's what we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> and and we actually uh, had a call with the company that we're going to see tomorrow. So I won't mention them by name. But uh, you know when when we first got on with our IT folks, he was a little bit belligerent because you're coming to a company and you're basically saying we're going to do what you do better than you. <laughs> Your so baby's by, ugly. Yeah, is what you're yeah very much so. <laughs> <laughs> so so. So by the end of that call, this guy basically in front of his CEO admitted that I've spent the last two years wasting about 200 grand of our money. Wow. And he had to admit that. So basically he said, you're right, our baby's ugly, and how do I make it pretty? By the end of the call. That Absolutely. was the conversation. But because Horatio was very, you know, he went through each one of those things that other folks offered him and what they were promised. And each thing, one by one, he explained wow. why they weren't going to get what they intended the intent behind you know okay he you know he did intend to give you this but this is why he didn't and this is why our product gives it to you well and i think it's important especially in security to get people to that point of candor absolutely Mm -hmm. and that point of like reflection and like being honest with themselves about like we all know this is where we need to end up so if we spend more time arguing about it or (laughs) fussing about the you know those sorts of details and the work's not getting done and if the work's not getting done, then it's like you're leaving the door open. Yeah. Like, yep. it just, you have to get people to that point. And he was going to throw another 200 grand away beforehand. And Ouch. That he'd probably yeah. be out of a job at that point. Ouch. Especially after now, his CEO has heard us come in, tell all the things he did wrong, and how we can fix it for not even a tenth of what he's paid. Wow. So, That's and crazy. I, I would say it for some of the small businesses, I mean, we're talking about $20 a month for your entire cybersecurity. So there are packages out there, which is what we said at the beginning. There are packages out there. So you mentioned 100. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying it's 20 that we offer. So there are ways. And it, all we want is to help the community. At the end of the day, helping the community is going to help the entire nation. I was talking to another local business that is there. They are not in security or cyber or anything like this. They're marketing, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a local company. And they were saying that sometimes your your client that can afford that 
that $20 a month, and that's the package they choose, that $20 a month is so much more valuable to them than the larger contract that mm-hmm. can afford $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And so your your ability to say, like, we can meet you where you're at, and we can provide a product to you, and we can help you, no matter if you're that $20 a month customer or if you're able to sign this huge contract. I think that's really important. So, so we're not the car salesman that comes out and says, you know, hey, guy that's working at McDonald's, you should buy this this Cadillac. You know, we don't we don't have to sell everybody the Cadillac. We can sell some right. people the Chevy Cruze or the you know the, the 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 small compact cars. You know, we we really look to meet our customers' needs, meet them where they're at. Exactly, yep. exactly, yeah. And a lot of the times, it's converting that IT into cyber. So we've we've had medical clinics that paid seven hundred, eight hundred dollars on a telephone bill. Um, and then they were wondering, well, how can I afford cybersecurity? Well, we have, we bring telephones. We, we pretty much charge them what this provider charged us per minute, which is point zero zero one two. So that in in that example where I said that company was paying seven hundred, uh, they're paying thirty seven dollars a month now. Wow! And the rest of that money got allocated to our services for cybersecurity. So that's one of the things that we do in, in difference uh, to other companies. We actually come and work with you and make your budget, uh, we, we make, make me your budget go the extra mile. So quirky fact about Horatio is when he just said that point zero zero whatever number, this guy can read a book. 10 years ago <laughs> and remember numbers from that book. I mean, he, he So that's a true number. He's like a living Excel database, you know, spreadsheet that you, he just has it in his brain somewhere that he's stored. Yeah. He's in the right field then, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you've talked about how your services and your products set you apart, but can you talk a little bit about your culture? Because when I talk to you guys, um, you're very different than a lot of the people that are in this field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a very comfortable podcast. We've had a lot of really good conversation, but a lot of people in your same shoes, it wouldn't be that way. So I can tell that you guys are just very different and your values are different and um, your relationships are different. So if y'all could just talk about that a little bit. So mentioning Horatio and books, I mean, this this guy is a, a he, he offers me books all the time. He, he's like the Audible, you know, probably like a platinum member or some something with Audible. But so he, he had me read a book um, or listen to a book called How Google Works. Um, and a lot of those those founding principles on companies like Google um, is things that we want to bring into our company culture. So yeah. um, it's all about that. Um, the smart creatives that. We don't want to hire people that have to fit a certain mold of a certain employee. We want to bring that different flavor that um, people can provide, especially these young, innovative interns at these colleges. So um, we're not going to get some, you know, 70-year-old guy that's been in the industry since before all of us were born um, mm-hmm. to come in and probably drop an innovative, fresh idea every month or, or every quarter that's going to maybe take a product to the next level or take take something that we're doing, a service, to that next level. Um, so we're, we're, we really like to kind of live in that creative space, um, and that's my input to, to a big piece of what our culture is going to be, as well as I'll let Horatio kind of touch on how we view our customers and, and, and just all of that kind of in one. So we, we enable our, our people. Um, and we give them a mission. Mm-hmm. And our mission is to help those small and medium businesses become compliant. Um, and from there, we let our engineers be creative. We used to partner with a lot of companies. We used to purchase licenses for software. 
And then we had interns that came in and developed an even better software that did the exact same job. Um, I was getting a good deal on those licensing. I could have stayed there, uh, but no, let's enable them, let's let them do it. And that in turn allowed me to lower my prices and even help more the community. So enabling, being enablers is what, what we see ourselves as, and what Zach was saying, bringing the smart creative and letting them, give them a playground and see what they come out with uh, at the end of the day. Um, it's what we do, and we, we tell everybody we're, we're a technology company first, um, and now a defense contractor second. Um, so we focus on technology. Um, we don't just go out for what is the military needing today. I want to create what the military needs tomorrow. So that's where that's we great. focus on. A lot of people stifle um, that ability to innovate because they think that it, it it means money. They see dollar signs and they're like, wow, we don't need to go down that road. We have this safe licensing package over here. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes it can. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it can be that next product that the military might need in, in a few years. And then maybe that's your get rich quick ticket, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. And I will say it's refreshing to see kind of how the, the military and the government is moving. So you see people like the, the, the group up in Boston, the Kessel run group um that dr oh, roper has put here. together or, or the guys here you know the clubhouse or, or all these other places that are um that are really working to do innovative things you know whether it's developing that next piece of technology or taking something that's currently out there um and making it better so um it, it is refreshing to see the government also move in that in that um direction uh i won't name my former employer that used to do this but on uh -oh. your yearly review they were a tech company um <laughs> But on your yearly review, one of the things they ask you, and it was weighted very heavily, is did you take valuable, meaningful risks? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, being risk adverse, you guys yes. are in security, you know. <laughs> but, but it's interesting to think about kind of pushing your business forward in that way. Like, did you take valuable, meaningful risks? Because if you don't, the needle never moves. Well, you know, right. a lot of people in this industry are staff augmentation firms. You know, it's all about putting bodies in seats um, and, and that's that's their bread and butter is how many contracts can I win even if it's meaningless work some people don't even have you know I've again won't name the employer but mm -hmm. I, I asked a, a, a previous employer um, what what type of contracts are you guys interested to hear at, at here in this local area and the answer I got was oh all of them and I'm like well, so there's no strategic plan <laughs> there's no idea of what what really gets your gear spinning you know because Within this company, there was a lot, you know, I was one of the younger guys there, but there was a lot of very senior people that had retired, you know, government, retired military. We're talking GS-15 and colonel levels. And they say, you know, no, we, eh, we just we, we want anything, everything, whatever, whatever you the can bring to the table. Money. And I'm like, yeah. you guys have people that were running entire program offices or at directorate levels that you can strategically use. At CSS, we feel like everybody should be in business development. So when, mm -hmm. when my intern, you know, goes to a dentist appointment, I'm fine with my intern asking that dentist, hey, how do you protect your patient's information? We, do, we don't even tell them. They do it. They yeah. go out and they sell it. And Absolutely. they get their commission. They yeah. get their piece of it, of the deal. And they, now they get to monitor it. And to go back to that licensing uh, uh, story that I was mentioning about, the risk that you mentioned, um, we paid for that license for two more years after we replaced the system with the one that he developed. Mm -hmm. um, so we could have said, well, we're going to wait two years to change it. No, it, it was the right thing to do at the right time. And that person still with the team, 
right? And see, now he's more engaged. Everybody around him also see the way that he was rewarded, the way that he's he is. So that creates a culture that where everybody's moving the company forward. Absolutely. You know, one other piece that I think a lot of companies do is they say, oh, we have employee referral bonuses you know you you go get somebody to help me do my job or help my recruiter do their job and we'll give you 1500 or two thousand dollars that's cool you know we'll, we'll do things like that too but um they really don't want you especially when you get into this government realm they don't want you unless you're a bd guy they don't want you talking to customers so like horatio mentioned you know our employees so a part of our culture we we want to be entirely employee owned so that's, that's the way that we're structuring now is to be entirely employee-owned. So we want them to be able to build that. So if, if our employees can all go out there and, and introduce us to five new customers in a year or ten new customers in a year and, and close deals, or maybe they don't close the deal, they just bring the deal to us, mm -hmm. then that grows us as a company. There's incentives for them. Depending on the, the, the size of what they bring in, there can be a, um, an incentive that we can give them on the spot or at the close of the quarter. Um, but it also grows what they own in the company, that entirely employee-owned piece. And one of the things I like that we've used a lot is the term strategy, me being the chief strategy. That, that's why it's <laughs> his favorite word. That, that's his, it's in his job title. <laughs> but, I mean, that's even, and I, I'm glad you noticed, but even our culture is strategic because uh, one of the things I learned in the military is beginning with the end in mind, and that's what I was taught. So even our strategy and our uh, our culture is we're thinking five years down the road so it's not how do we want our culture now it's five years down the road those folks that work for us where do we want them to be what how do we want them to think what do we want them to think of us yeah. so we, we and it starts with us and we understand that so that's why I'm glad you said that because mm -hmm. we know if we're projecting that then everyone who we pick up will that the leadership starts at the top so Thompson Reuters has a software that's a customer portal where they allow CPAs to uh, exchange um, uh, the tax uh, records or the tax information um, securely uh, with with their clients um, because about depending on what it is but this specific customer was costing him about ten thousand uh, dollars a year to do it uh, we had an intern that saw that need created a secure vault we added that secure vault at no extra cost to the CPA and now every other CPA that was behind that got that secure vault. So when we onboard a customer, talking about that cost savings, that's something that no longer CPAs have to worry about. And it was an intern, and all he did was see a problem and wanted to help out the community. That's it. You, you, you give them the mission, and if we believe in it, if we believe in it, in it, and we give the tools necessary, I mean, innovative minds will just create it. And you just give task, purpose, and guidance and move. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's why diversity in your organization is so important. You know, mm -hmm. you guys have talked about the different types of people you have, and a lot of those being interns. Um, you know, if everyone in your organization is the same and they all have the same background <laughs> and they're all thinking the same, mm -hmm. how are they ever going to think about problems differently and from different perspectives? <laughs> so yeah. the fact that you're empowering interns is so, so special and, and helps you as a company so much, and a lot of people just don't seem to understand that, so... <laughs> Absolutely. And what happens when you do that? That's that's kind of the qualification based hiring system. Yeah. So whenever you whenever you're hiring everyone based off the same qualifications or these these job requisitions, I mean, you you don't get that creative mind. So a lot of government 
companies you know, or government contractors, defense contractors, they do that. You know, they, they say, well, it has to be X, Y, and Z. These things have to be on their resume. When, when I hire, you know, our company, really what we're looking for is, you know, if, if I call you into an interview, you should be qualified for the job. You know, on paper, you're right. qualified for the job, or you at least have something that we're looking at. What we really want to see is how will you fit with our team? Yep. I want you, I want, I want you to see if you're going to come in and you're going to think differently than I'm going to think. Because if everybody thinks the same exact way that Horatio thinks or Aaron thinks or I think or, or Thomas, then we're, we're really just going to be a stagnant company. You know, we may grow in certain areas, but we may bring an intern on that just thinks out of the park different than we do. Yeah. And they may, they may be the person that brings in some billion-dollar product that we would have never laid our mind on. So. And one of the things Horatio said, I think last week, half jokingly, you know, master's degrees and PhDs are nice, but I'd rather have that kid that's sitting there hacking in his basement Absolutely. because that one, you know, he's not tainted, which sometimes, of course, that formal education can actually hinder you a little bit. Yeah. And so that's why in this field, it's good to have those folks. But for that diversity, it's nice to have that kid who's taking his PlayStation 4 apart 50 times and yep. hacked those into are valuable. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you mentioned qualifications because I think we've both experienced this in jobs before. And I know I applied for a particular position that required you to have five years minimum experience. And I was at something <laughs> like four years and seven months. And so my resume was never reviewed. I didn't make it onto that next piece. And it's like, okay, you're telling me that I'm months shy of your minimum qualification, but you don't even care what's behind the person. <laughs> and, you know, that applies to me, but it, it applies to a lot of different people that yes. you require them to have a master's degree, but okay, that person has ten years in the field and they've Absolutely. been picking apart electronics in their, you know, basement for years and they mm -hmm. know more about it than the person with a master's degree. So and it's about the person. Exactly. Yes. And you, you look at it and, and someone can say, Oh, you don't qualify for these amount of years. Um, but then if they get desperate enough, it, it, everything else in the world has waivers or has workarounds yeah. or has all these things. But then that same company, if, if two months later they were desperate enough, they're going to say, oh, let's go look at that girl, Kaylee, <laughs> that had, you know, four years and seven months. And now you're all of a sudden good enough because you're close enough. You yeah. know, it's we really look at the person and, and the, the creative ways that they think. So and usually it's committee hiring. So yep. if you're going to join the the GUI, the front end team, the front end team sits down with you and interviews you and they'll tell us who do they want to work with and 99 percent of the time it's not the most qualified person yep. yeah it's usually somewhere in the middle or even a little bit less however they were hungry and they show the committee hungry and they're like that's 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 who we want to work with and the the culture fit matters so much so oh. much more in oh, yes. so many ways like um having someone who's adaptable who can gain like the, i always like whenever I think about work, I always think about tribal knowledge. Like there's certain mm -hmm. things that like once you're in, like now we can like we, we need to know that like we can plug you in. Yes. And we can start sharing <laughs> things with you and you're going to pick up on it. You're going to get it. Yes. Um, which like because again, zero to one, it takes you from like you're the new guy in the door. But like, look, because you were a culture fit three weeks go by and suddenly mm -hmm. like you're clicking like you're mm -hmm. in you're, oh yeah you're running Absolutely. so synergy and everything we use right so we, we're very active with that so like we use slack and everything is shared in slack so when a new hire comes in he just gets into that channel all the conversations all the documents that were in there they're there 
that person sits down and just reviews them. Um, and it's somebody he hear when they're having those small group meetings, he might hear something and he'll just go back to the search box and look for that information and catch up, catch himself up. So it's having that, uh, th those tools need to be also in place. And, um, as, as, as the management in the business, you have to make sure that those tools are there so that they can use it. And, and also, as you said, people are tribal. So at the end of the day, you want someone you can go have a drink or a cup of coffee with as well. Yeah. You know, it's great. We <laughs> can work so together. Yes. We, we spend a lot of time in the car together, you yeah. know, driving. So if you're with someone, it, yeah, that could just be a bad day. Yeah, yeah. Spending eight hours in the car with someone who's just totally, hey, how are you? Fine. And that's yep. the end of yeah. it. We've all been there. Exactly. Yep. We've yeah. been in this room with people like that. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh. <laughs> absolutely. It, it's just two, three hours of awkward, and that, yeah. that yeah. and then you spread that over two or three years, and those aren't the folks you want to work with. Mm -hmm. And they may have a crystal resume, but yeah, they need to start their own company. <laughs> yep. So tell me what's next for you guys. Are you know you guys are are setting up camp here? Um, you're expanding. Um, are you growing an internship program? Are you trying to grow your company? Are there certain goals that y'all are trying to reach right now? What's what's on the horizon? So we're currently uh, expanding our government branch, um, but we're also uh, government, uh, federal and state. Um, but w our move here in the Georgia Cyber Center is to bring that intern program that we were talking about, where we, we actually are gonna work with Augusta University, hopefully to be able to get those students as freshmen and grow them out. And uh, we're also working with a nonprofit organizations uh, where we actually looking to start even that IT and cybersecurity training at the, at the high school level um, and have, it, have those kids go out and install that server in that dentist's office show them what that is like how how does that feel what is that experience um, and actually start giving them that tool for it and i believe the community will be excited i believe dentists will be excited to see that some of their patients are also taking care of some of the it for them um and uh we hope to ho hopefully bring here in, in the georgia cyber center our secure operations center um so not only have those uh jobs of regular it but be able to provide that those analyst positions that uh, a lot of the times uh, I, I used to hire for a large company um and I would hire for cyber analysts, and uh, everybody had the certifications. But then I would sit them. I would just ask them a simple question about a log, for example, and they'd never seen a log on it. So being able to that that security operations center having it here and offer interns in that environment is is key. Not our federal. Obviously, uh, those interns won't be dealing with federal on the with the government side of the house, but the local dentists and local medicals will. That's great. I think it's important for um, people who have invested in this community to see that you're investing in the people mm -hmm. coming out of this community and our students at Augusta University and Augusta Technical College um, and having those familiar faces and knowing that they're from the area and that, um, you know, you are making an investment here. I think that's really important. Agreed. Absolutely. And I mean, me personally, I have a I'm, I'm personally invested in this area. So, um, like I said before, I haven't lived here for the last 10 years, but I'm, I'm I'm from here. This is home. This is my wife's home. Um, mm -hmm. Our families are here. They go to the they go to the doctor's offices here. You know, my mother-in-law right now is in a nursing home here. So I want to ensure that all of these different businesses that are in the realms are are within our reach are protected. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be with us. I'm not going to be biased and say that there aren't other people out there, 
Um, but we do provide a very valid solution to a lot of the things that they're that they're facing, you know. Yeah. Um, so providing that cyber protection that's protecting not just, you know, my bank account, you know, padding my bank account or the company's success, but it's also protecting friends and family and their extended friends and family here in this local area is important to me. Absolutely. And from a strategic standpoint, as you said about what's next, the Georgia Cyber Center is from a marketing standpoint. You know, we're looking in Puerto Rico, we're looking Mm -hmm. Florida, we're looking in North Carolina. So it's an asset to us to be able to say, hey, we're based out of the Georgia Cyber Center. I love that. Yes. Yes. So even going to Puerto Rico, you know, we're saying we're based, that gives us instant credibility. You know, so it it, it, it it takes the cyber center with us, but by that same token, it gives us that credibility because we're a cybersecurity firm. I mean, this place is it, it's it, pretty exclusive. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. better than I do. So to be able to say, you know, we've been selected to be a member yeah. of the, uh, we, the we Georgia Cyber We couldn't just come firm. in and pay rent. We had to be selected to come exactly. in and, and sign process. on. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just, hey, How you know. How many people did y'all have to meet before you moved in? <laughs> I, think, I think we came here three, maybe four so times yeah. before yeah. they <laughs> said, yep, you know, you guys are good to go. We're like, thank yeah. God. You know, we wanted to get in there bad. But, so. but we yeah. love it. We love it. It, it. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, sorry. No, you oh, no, you're fine. And and even from that credibility standpoint, one of the folks we're working with is my one of my good friends who's a state representative well that makes it easier for him working with us to say you know he's a state rep we're working out of the georgia cyber center so all the way around it just makes it a lot more you know this place is awesome that's great yeah it's, and and with the vetting process i i love it because it, it prevents those larger companies um to just roll in and take up space um and then maybe not allow the innovation to happen the way it needs to happen maybe yeah. not offer the the true opportunities to interns right a smaller firm a, a, a company like us uh diverse and and agile and very innovative we we will give opportunities to those interns because that's what we're looking for right. a more established defense contractor might not uh, with army cyber coming i could have seen from a mile away i can only imagine kaylee how many meetings you guys have coordinated with oh. <laughs> uh, the big defense contracting firms that want to bring their bureaucracy over um their dinosaur bureaucracy over um <laughs> it's specifically when uh, we were somewhere earlier today where where there was uh, a firm speaking and all i heard is how can the cyber center plug me in with the army I, but I did not hear in any of the, the, the minutes that he talked, or that the individual talked, um, how are you going to help the cyber center? How are you going to help the community that's in this area? We mm-hmm. were thinking the same thing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great um, minds think alike. It's funny. We um, we talk about this all the time. We've had a lot of people who are interested in space here um, like call centers that want to move in and, and put their call center here. And call centers are important. We Absolutely. need call centers. We just don't need them here, right? Yeah. Yeah. We need people who are going to give back. And so we have, you know, we have a floor here that we've reserved and said this floor is only for people who are who are in innovation. We are not putting people here who are not changing the face of cyber and Agreed. coming up with new ideas. And um, there there's a pretty strict vetting process. So some yeah. people aren't might not make that cut, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, in a lot of those companies that are on that floor are probably like-minded companies so some yeah. of your bigger companies they're going to think oh are they competitors are they friends how can i use them to my advantage 
when you're working in an innovative space, I mean, we've shared ideas with yeah. companies that maybe weren't ideas for us at the time, but it really flourished a piece of what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we don't tie dollar signs to everything. Now, now, of, of course, we're a business. Every business is, is out to protect that bottom line and, and to right. grow. Um, however, it doesn't mean every single day, every single idea, every single piece that we work on has to be money-oriented. Yeah. It could be for the greater good of the industry. So. We've had a lot of people ask how it works, especially where your office is right now in Cyber mm -hmm. Valley. When we have tours come through, um, people say, how are they protecting their assets? They're not scared <laughs> that people are going to steal their ideas. And it's like, well, we don't allow people to come here who are going to be after your ideas, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And you'll be shunned um, from the com community yeah. if you do it. Yeah, you're not in that tribe. We're not letting yeah. you in. Yeah. So. And is that one idea worth getting kicked out of the cyber center? Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. no. And have everybody... Yeah. Never work with you. Because yeah. Kay Kaylee will post a bad post about you on the Georgia <laughs> Cyber Center Facebook. So that you're, you're done. You. Image ruined. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. This has been awesome. Um, as a final closeout question, I want you to answer a question that we ask everyone. What's your favorite hidden gem in Augusta? Ooh, I like this one. So... So I really enjoyed the downtown area. I know that's not a specific gym, and I know that there's a lot um, there's a lot of real estate signs out there right now. Um, but to me, being from the area, um, I left shortly after 2007, graduated at Harlem High School, like I said before. I, not to shame Augusta, but at that time I said, man, I'll probably never move back here. You oh, know, yeah. I'll come back and visit family and friends. You know, that's cool. But yeah. I, I probably won't move back here. Th just things weren't moving fast enough. It was very different in 2007. Oh, absolutely. Very different. So after coming back a lot more frequently, coming to visit here at the Georgia Cyber Center, um, you know, we, we walk through downtown and there's there's, you know, neat little restaurants like the Craft and Vine or um, I mean, even even though it's we're, we're talking now, what I'm about to bring up is five minutes down the road, but they're they're building a top golf here in Augusta. Yeah. There's going to be a Dave and Buster's here in Augusta. Seeing that growth from something that I didn't even expect 10 years ago and how that's going to accelerate now with um, with probably thousands of cyber jobs, which aren't yeah. minimum wage jobs, by right. the way. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of high dollar jobs about to come to this area. When you see real estate signs, you know, every block downtown, it's either one of two things, either, man, that town's failing or that town's about to explode. And for Augusta, I think downtown Augusta is about to explode. So, yeah, for me, uh, it'll be a little bit simpler. Um, I do have to drop off some laundry. So when I find a dry cleaner that can do it in a few hours, it will be <laughs> my new favorite hidden gem <laughs> here in, in Augusta. Um, however, on a more serious note, yes, uh, I think some of the local breweries um, that, are, that are springing up are definitely a good thing. But I'm, I'm from Tampa, um, of Tampa, Florida. So uh, I haven't had the chance to explore the city, but definitely excited so every podcast that i listen to i will always listen to this end and i will try everybody's hidden gym <laughs> that's awesome mine i'm a balcony person and i'm a water person so actually not the you know <laughs> but the rooftop balcony the rooftop around here yeah for me that's a hidden gym it really yeah. is because that's what something zach and i were talking about mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna bring my wife here and i'm gonna you know and that's just that view and everything is i mean that's pretty awesome itself for me yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that rooftop is probably 
one of the the coolest things. Whenever I bring someone here, I have to go up and and, yeah. and to the yeah. cloud. What is it called? The cloud. So the, the one on this building's the hot spot. The one uh, next door is the cloud. And yeah. then um, a couple. We don't have any rooftops right on the river like ours is. Um, but the Hyatt, just mm-hmm. a couple blocks mm-hmm. away, um, they have a rooftop bar, and I think you can get some appetizers. And then mm-hmm. the Crown Plaza has a rooftop yep. restaurant. That's what we stayed there. Yeah. I stayed there yeah. last week. Yeah. So yeah, it's yep. it's awesome. And and just knowing here how open this environment is. So, I mean, Eric told us, yeah, you know, the rooftop's open. So if if your wife and kid want to come and have lunch with you here on the rooftop, Mm -hmm. now I don't know if I want my two-year-old zipping around on the rooftop, but um, but it is. There are rails up there. Don't worry. (laughs) You have them in our (laughs) two-year-old. There are ways to get around those. But, um, uh, yeah, it's it's just neat to kind of see how much, you know, I see people in here now, and, and I'm plugging in the Georgia Cyber Center, you know, super crazy right now. But I see people here now. Like I brought my wife, her cousin, and my son here this last weekend because Kaylee's throwing a Christmas tree decoration um, <laughs> kind of. Um, she did. Yeah, competition. <laughs> so so we came in and decorated the Christmas tree together. And, and I see other people come in with their families, with their kids. It it, yeah. it really gives me that sense of a family environment not only with the companies but the actual families are welcome here as well so absolutely and then you never know like the guys from two six labs told me that they decorated their tree with you guys and that your kids are interacting yeah. and so yeah it's just those chance interactions it really it's just it makes it a special place so absolutely well thank you guys so much this has been amazing yeah. we are so lucky to have you here we <laughs> just we can't wait to see how you take off in the augusta market thank, thank you, you thank, thank you. you we're excited to be here and also uh andrea i said your name thanks for listening to another episode of our show if you have any questions for the folks at cybersecurity solutions you can find them at flcss.com or you can find them on twitter at flcss or facebook at css experts if you have any questions for us you can email us at odashow at augusta.edu you can also find us on twitter at other duty show or instagram at other duties thanks so much for hanging in there and we'll talk to you next time Hashtag thank you. (laughs) Okay, sorry.